Arlington police say protests Monday remain generally peaceful, but say there were, quote, several agitators. Send me another unit, please. Send me another unit. This is a movement, I'm telling you. They're not going to stop. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. All right, welcome back to Into the Fray. All is not well. Obviously. We're repeating history. What's happening in America today closely resembles Germany circa 1930, China in the 1950s, and to some extent Russia at the end of the 1800s. The state is God. Or at least that's what they'd have you think. If the state is God, then you turn to the state for answers. You turn to the state for support. You trust the state. The state is the ultimate authority, the arbiter of truth, the unquestioned guiding hand, the issuer of health mandates, the benefactor with $1,400 checks, the authority on children, their gender, and their sexuality, the authority on race, racism, and race relations, the authority on money, industry, labor, and wages. There's just one problem. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If not, he would cease to be God. God is omniscient and omnipotent. He doesn't change based on popular trends. He's above that. He doesn't change based on new science. To God, there is no new science. It's part of the whole omniscient thing. God doesn't flop back and forth on his commandments. God is perfect. The state is not. The state is nothing more than a collection of fallible, short-sighted mortals like all the rest of us. There's nothing that makes them special. There's nothing that makes them superior. On average, they're not better or wiser than the rest of us. God, on the other hand, is better and wiser than us. He created this world for us. He authored the plan that allows us to learn and grow here in ways we never could have in the perfection of heaven, and which provided us a way to return to that perfect place even after getting muddy here. He left no T's uncrossed and no I's undotted. He accounted for everything before even the beginning and has all the answers. He is the infallible source of truth. You might ask yourself why. If he knows everything, is all-powerful, why doesn't he come down here and fix the things that are going so terribly wrong? There's suffering, much of which is due to bad life choices, dishonest politics, and selfishness, where starvation still exists in the world, it exists because of politics and bullies in power. Why doesn't God come down and stop the wars, stop the greed, stop the starvation, stop the murders, end poverty, end crime, end hate? He certainly could. So why doesn't he? Because it would defeat the entire purpose of this life. We have free will for a reason. We are here to learn to control our free will, ourselves. If God forced us, it would defeat the whole point. The United States was supposed to be a place that protected free will. The whole point to the Constitution was to create a haven where people weren't told how to live, but were simply allowed to. There was a learning curve for sure, but each mistake along the way was a violation of God-given rights and our divine free will. Slavery was the most egregious starting out. Slaves were stripped of their free will as much as is possible, 
There were also laws preventing mixed-race marriages. There was even at one time a legal order instructing the extermination of an entire religion. I'm not talking about eradicating its practice. I'm talking about the murder of every person who belonged to the religion, down to the very last soul. That happened, here, in the United States. Those people had to flee the country. Government is not, and can never be, the arbiter of truth and right. It's made up of men and women who are mortal, fallible, and therefore wholly inadequate to that end. There's also the other elephant in the room. The small issue that people don't handle power well. It's an interesting phenomenon, but those most attracted to power are those least suited to it. Why? Because political power is the ability to make other people do what you want. That is the antithesis of free will. Gaining power is like drinking salt water. The more you drink, the thirstier it makes you. So you need more. And more salt water makes you even thirstier than before. So you need even more. There is never enough. You drink until it kills you. In this case, we're talking about your soul. You drink power until it kills your soul. This is why the framers limited the power any one person or group was supposed to have and pitted those with power against each other. Competing interests check and balance each other. What made George Washington a shining example of wielding power appropriately? He just wanted to go back to his farm. He was old and tired, and he'd had his fill of the madness of politics. He was also humble, aware of his own foibles, and God-fearing. He had spent the better part of his life involved in the struggle to break from a tradition of telling people how to live and what to do. He was worn and weary from years of combat, fighting to break the chains that bound his fellow countrymen. He was not in the least interested in reforging those chains. Something people may not know, General Washington didn't sit behind a desk at the Pentagon ordering troops around. On more than one occasion, he was on his horse, in front of his men, leading the charge. More than once, he came back from battle with bullet holes riddling his coat. For Washington, freedom wasn't an abstract idea, or a talking point. He was quite literally prepared to die, so that other people could have it. Why was he such a shining example in politics? That's why. That's the kind of person we should be elevating to positions of influence. Where are the people who burn for the freedom of others? Where are the people willing to lay it all on the line, not for themselves, but so that others can live free? Freedom introduces an interesting juxtaposition. A couple of weeks ago, I played a clip of Rand Paul on the floor of the Senate in which he quoted Lord Acton. Liberty is not the power of doing what we like, but the right to do what we ought. Freedom is all about the ability to do what we choose to do, but every choice has consequences. We can control what we choose to do, but we have no power over the consequences once we've acted. Go back to what I said earlier. God's plan for us was a plan of freedom. We're here to learn to choose to do what's right of our own free will. To do that, we must have the freedom to choose right or wrong. Only then can we learn to choose right on our own. But that also opens the door for choosing wrong and the consequences that come with it. The Constitution protects our freedom, and with it, the power to destroy ourselves. We're free to choose destructive lifestyles, destructive business practices, destructive relationships, destructive eating habits, and to elect destructive representatives. We're free to make those choices. We are not free of the consequences of those choices. The bill always comes due. Guess what? 
the bill is coming due. Make the argument that the popularity of Cardi B's WAP isn't evidence of our rapid descent into cultural self-immolation. Evidence of our self-destruction is all around us. It's in a great deal of the television, movies, and music being produced and marketed. How about digital book burning? It's in the curriculum being thrust on our children that teaches them to hate police. That, if they're white, they're irredeemably bad. That introduces sexuality and sexual acts to third graders. That intentionally confuses them about their gender and sexuality and, to top it off, teaches them that the Jews are the problem. That's where we're at today. Navigating our lives gets really confusing when you start trying to noodle out the right path on your own. How to live right, what choices to make for your lifestyle, your career, your health, your vote. Raising and teaching your children. Influencing your community. I think I've already mentioned how we're all very fallible. Corrupt. Mortals. The state would have you turn to them for answers. They set themselves up as a beacon for all to see and follow. Problem is... The state is made up of a bunch of fallible, corrupt mortals just like you and me. Maybe even worse. As evidenced by the push for puberty blockers in prepubescent children. Teaching small children how to perform sexual acts on each other. And to hate themselves. So, the whole following the state thing didn't get us very far. There's an old adage. The blind leading the blind. That I think is appropriate here. Well, if they're no use, where do we turn? It's time to start questioning the state more, rejecting bad politics and bad politicians more, and seeking the wisdom of God. It's time for Americans to learn that we can all receive revelation for ourselves, directly from God. That's not fantasy. That's not hyperbole. I mean that literally and seriously. You can receive answers directly from Almighty God. You want answers? Go pray. Don't know how? Go somewhere it's quiet and free of distractions. Get on your knees, close your eyes, and talk to God like He's in the room with you. Tell Him what you're grateful for. Never underestimate the importance of gratitude in your life. Tell Him what you're worried about and what you're struggling with. Ask your questions. Then listen. Just be still and listen. Odds are, the first impressions that come to you will be things you already knew you needed to do or change. Go do those things. Go change those things. Then, when you have questions to which the answers don't come readily, go study it out, learn about it, reason it out, and think it through. When you're done with that, and you think you have something, go back to prayer and ask God if you got it right. If you didn't, that's a good time to ask for directions where to look next. None of this is going to come easily. Don't expect total clarity in the beginning and don't expect to like the answers you get in the beginning. Usually those things we know we need to do and haven't done yet, we haven't done because we don't want to do them. However, as you listen and as you do the things you know you need to do, it will become easier to listen and understand. When you're not sure if you're listening to the right thing, if you can't tell if it's God or your own thoughts or something else entirely, remember this. Answers from God feel right. They are peaceful and they are calm. God does not pressure us. And if you feel guilty about something, that's a pretty good sign it's something you need to change. We have free will, and if we don't squander it, we still have a great deal of freedom. We have the ability to live, right or wrong, how we choose. That freedom only lasts so long as we choose right. Indulging ourselves in sin only leads to bondage. 
literal bondage. This nation was born out of faith in God. Somewhere along the way, we started trying to float it on our own. It hasn't gone well. We still have free will. We can turn back to God and with His help, turn this thing around. Or we can continue in our self-immolation and finish burning this place to the ground. It's entirely up to us. All right, I'm going to leave it there. Go have a conversation with God. Till next time, be informed, stay safe, don't do anything stupid. Thank you.